0: to the Public Safety Drone Podcast. Now, here's the show.
1: All right, welcome to episode number two of the Drone Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Wessels, along here with uh, my co-hosts. I don't know who I start with, but we'll start with uh, Chief Amos Johnson from the Woodlawn Fire Department here. uh, We're all from around Cincinnati, I should say. Uh, Lieutenant Steve Schuller of the Blue Ash Police Department, and David Glenn from Kluge, the the famous YouTube channel among... (laughs) One thing. <laughs> maybe I should let you guys introduce it. And I'm Joe Wessels. I work at MobileCom and, and I do drones. That's my job. And I'm doing this podcast here as well, too, with these guys here. So uh, we are here at beautiful Station 96 in downtown Woodlawn, Ohio. I know we're uh, yeah, yeah. Woodland, Ohio. That's Woodland, Ohio. Uh, it's uh, we're we're sitting here, or standing here, actually, literally in the bay, uh, recording this podcast here, uh, in a live active fire department. So I appreciate uh, Chief Johnson for letting us use this uh, area Absolutely. here. Absolutely, and they're building a building over here. And they're putting the the uh, uh, shingles shingles. Thank you on the roof right now, so you might hear some. Uh, music playing in the background here and uh, occasionally a staple gun or two i think is yes there. no gunshots no gunshots it's, no, it's
2: not a staple yet. gun yes yeah, not, <laughs> not today not, not today. today not exactly. today
1: we're talking about equipment i think we kind yeah, of ran over yeah. that yeah, and, yeah equipment let's yeah. talk about you talked about a little bit of what you're using uh, i think
2: too. do we get into how we talked about some of the work we've done with it uh, Amos talked a little bit about uh, some of the search and rescue and fire I'm scenes a great and, host, and aren't I things scared. so uh, <laughs> really it, on the ball really and uh, we talked a little bit about doing some mapping for other departments. Uh, we've also done some work for our city. We do all the drone work for the city of Blue Ash. So we do any uh, any engineering mapping that needs to be done, we'll assist them with that. Any photographs, uh, video for traffic studies, um, videos of certain areas. And we've done as, things as mundane as putting the uh, Phantom up to see where a PTZ camera would work well at an intersection, you know, what corner we want to put it on and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. uh,
3: so, so, I don't know if this is the direction you want to go with this, Joe, but I'm curious about what, what sort of software do you use to – do ah, all good, those good so those yeah, sorts of question. things, right? So, Great I mean, question, of course, yeah. you've got DJI Go with the DJI applications, but right. are you using other software for your mapping and the other purposes that you're talking about as well?
2: Sure, yeah. So, the mapping, there's two parts to that. One is the capturing of the photographs, yep. and then the other is the processing of them afterwards with photogrammetry software. So... We typically use DJI Ground Station Pro, which, uh, yep. as you may know, only runs on an iPad, which makes it a little <laughs> more difficult to fly the 210 because you've got to mount the iPad yep. versus a Crystal Sky, which we prefer to use. But uh, we typically use that just because it's, e- it's easy to use, and it seems to work a little better than DJI Pilot, which has that, that function built into it, but, uh, yeah, but it's it been kind of clunky. So. Yeah. Right. So uh, they seem to have done it right with Ground Station Pro. So we use that, capture the photographs. We process those then with um, PIX4D software, Mm -hmm. so uh, run it through that photogrammetry software. It does a lot of math that none of us are capable of doing, at least Uh I'm not capable of doing, and then uh, stitches those together. If we have ground control points, we'll import those into there as well, and then uh, we'll have a geo-referenced image or a uh, a project that we can then measure within. Right so it's, uh, okay. it's it's pretty useful, you know it, it saves time in dragging tape or total station out to um, take some measurements like we used to do crash scenes and crime scenes yeah it, very accurate measurements, but it's pretty time consuming where we can fly uh, we can fly a lot of pictures in a short period of time thirty five acre project we probably had about an hour and a half of flight time. Uh, hmm. we talked about that last podcast. we did a, a three quarter mile strip of road uh, we took 400 something images in about 24 minutes of flight time. So, yeah. and then we, of course, there's a lot of back end processing time, but yeah.
1: Where well, do you do the back end processing then? We do it uh, on site or do you? Do no, it? we do it back at the office. Just take, okay. take
2: the photos back to the office, uh, feed them into PIX4D and let that, you know, churn away at that. And Your how long does that the processes. take It depends on the quality of the images, which we're flying with the, the, um, the, uh, X4S camera. Those are, those images are typically around 10 megabytes each. So oh, they're, wow. they're pretty large images. So, uh, takes a while to grind through that sometimes hours i mean we're talking like maybe five six seven hours for a certain process or certain phase of the process so. right
1: so yeah. is there an issue then um i guess that images aren't really evidence we're also by active train line i should say too which is I'm a train guy so I, that's kind of cool it's amb- and steve is too it's all yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's a nice ambiance as well too uh, that uh, those images there is there any concern about the chain of evidence or anything or is the images are not really part of the evidence of the
2: well they are evidence each each image is a piece of evidence so we store those securely uh, we've got uh, an offsite cloud storage solution that we use to store those on or if we're flying for another department we'll just take those images and give them physically to the other department and let them maintain chain of custody on them at that point so. I
1: see is there issue with the Chinese issue uh, you know is that
2: you know it, is there a possibility that the images that we take are going to China? Maybe, but uh, you know, I've got there's there's ways you can turn that off. You know, prevent the uh, the software from talking to the internet and things like that, or connecting to the internet.
1: That, that's an, I mean, that could be a whole topic, I guess, too. And that might be a good question for a prosecutor. But have you had any discussions with the prosecutor here in Hamilton County, Joseph Dieters? Did, did Mr. Dieters, is his office, had any comments on on the use of drones in, in- – and
2: yeah, we've Criminal used them for some uh, some undercover drug buys and presented that to the grand jury, and uh, I think they liked the video. That they were they, good with get, it. Right, so, but haven't heard any uh, concerns. And Interesting. They've all been done legally. You know, we're all filmed in a public area. We're flying from property we either own or we have permission to fly from, and mm-hmm. Is there a concern about flying over property that is not public property? Yeah, because once you're in the airspace, you're, uh, you're in you're, you're federal in the FAA's airspace. jurisdiction right. there. So right Yeah, on one so inch
4: there. off the ground as soon as you walk out the door. So. Yeah, yeah okay. but th- that leads to another question in
3: terms of other software is, you know, you talked about jurisdictions and, you know, where you can and can't fly becomes a, a big question. And so, you know, a lot of people use software to try and figure that out. So uh, I'm curious, you know, what... You know, staying on the software topic, what what software do you guys use to to figure that stuff out uh, in terms of where it's safe and legal that's and those question. sorts of things yeah, to to yeah, be able to fly. You're talking yeah. about pre flight planning, pre flight, yeah, yeah. Right.
4: yeah, right. And again, we're we're in the process of actually uh, vetting out a couple of. Uh, softwares now. Uh, DroneSense, Kitty Hawk, um, mm-hmm. there was another one that's close to... Uh, AirMap. Air Map. Air Map. Yep. So, yeah. okay. so we're in the process of figuring that out too now as well. And I just wanted to go back just for price-wise for the listeners for mm-hmm. the um, Pix4D. How, how much is that?
2: Pix4D is about $8,000 to purchase the software. They really? have a solution oh, wow. where it's Somewhere between three hundred four hundred dollars a month to lease it. Yeah. Uh, but we figure we're going to buy it for the long term and hold on to it. So.
1: Wow. So you guys actually bought the software, brought it in house for eight thousand right. dollars, and then do you get
2: updates for a certain amount of time, or the updates are perpetual? Yeah. I mean, as long as you're paying your your yearly fees, there's a support. So there's fee. an
1: eight thousand dollar fee and then a support fee support on top. Support fee.
2: Of it. Yeah. I think it's under a thousand, but it's uh, oh, okay. Yeah.
1: So the initial buy is eight thousand right. to own it, and yeah. then you run it on your own equipment in house, right? We can
2: run it on two computers there, and they're pretty. You know, I had to buy a gaming laptop to run it yeah, on, so say, uh, yeah, yeah. it takes so a nice graphics beam. card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All Right. so 32 gigs of RAM, I think, yeah. or something like that. It's oh, yeah. Up there, so, yeah. yeah,
4: we might So to, to jump on board yeah, with on, you guys. Out, so. We might to just pay your annual
2: fee. <laughs> well, we'd be happy to work with you on that. So. <laughs> That's pretty yeah, much. but in
4: terms of, of
3: the the, the cost of not using that, in terms of the, the amount of time you save for the different areas, like you're saying, you can in in 24 minutes map a huge area right. and and the amount of time and effort that would take to do that otherwise right. is is Oh you know, yeah, and you much, would never get the accuracy oh,
2: yeah. that you get right. from this, you know, from the view from the air. So oh, yeah. we had to walk that with a total station with a prison poles and everything else. We'd be there yeah. for days trying yeah. to map that amount of area. So yeah. Which is
1: interesting because I think uh, the public maybe they won't be affected necessarily by a large crime scene in a somewhat rural area where Mm. I I, you know where that happened did you say where that happened Uh, I was at west side of Hamilton County okay we won't say too specifically Uh, but uh, that's a large pretty rural area and uh, you know former kind of industrial area right so um, but the public might be curious like you know when you shut down a highway there's an accident so in Blue Ash you have interstate 71 goes right through Blue Ash Mm -hmm. Prone to accidents because it's a major interstate, sure, yeah. right? Uh, you've got 75. Is that in Woodlawn or is it close to? Close you, to. You definitely respond right. there. Absolutely. So, um, traditional way, you have an accident, and if unfortunately it's a
2: fatal accident, that means that the highway is going to be shut down for right. hours. Does a drone change that scenario? Absolutely, it can. So as long as you trust the technology to. Do the work for you on the ground that you would normally do by hand. So, okay. for example, State Route 126, Ronald Reagan Highway, runs through Blue Ash, Redding, and really across most of the county. So, uh, right. we did a crash for Redding PD that turned out we thought it was going to be a fatality. Turned out to not be one, but it had involved a person was ejected out of a car at high speed. So, wow! And they lived? They lived. Yeah, oh, they were injured uh, significantly, but uh, they, they survived the crash. So we went out and mapped that scene for them. Uh, we kept one lane of the highway open while we were setting up and the you know cars blocking one of the lanes and things. But we went out with a drone and uh, shut the highway down for 11 minutes and flew it just to, just enough to get pictures of that scene we got enough pictures gathered and we reopened the highway so we were able to keep one side open all and shut down just the eastbound side so
1: you trust that and so that was my next question you do trust the technology enough sure. to
2: be okay what would happen
1: right. if you got back and you're like oh gosh our memory card's empty
2: right so uh, then and are you in
1: deep that would deep be a bri- we,
2: we would get some alerts from the software the that we're flying with, that there was no capacity left on the memory cord or you forgot to put the card in, or something like that. But but uh, what if it happened? Like,
1: so what if it got corrupted? Or
2: that's a chance you take, right? It could happen. So uh, in that case, we were we were vetting the technology, like Chief said. So we we flew it, and we also mapped it with a total station as well. So so you uh, kind of double up, right? We did in that case there.
1: David had that same. We said uh, uh, two is one, and one is none. Right. That's, that's right. It's a yeah. military <laughs> saying, military. Right? Yeah. Is that a military? <laughs> okay, I didn't know. Yeah. That. Okay. Yep. Interesting. So it's better to have it doubled up there. So then what about issues then uh, with the the fire department then? Is it a time saver another way? I mean, you talked about on the the first episode of the the podcast, uh, you know, you, you definitely get situational awareness much faster than you ever could
4: have before. Well, I would other say other ways, of time saving? Yeah, I mean, some on, on some of the arson scenes too. Now we've we've uh, helped out with some of the neighboring communities oh, where okay. where we couldn't get to a particular part of the building because the floors had burnt out or what have you, and we couldn't get there safely. Uh-huh. Now we can actually send a drone up. It was during daylight. We could literally go over top of the house and come literally probably two inches from where they needed to see where the fire started. Okay, versus trying to get. Uh, Certain things into the building to shore up the building, so the investigators can get to where they needed to get to. So, again, you take two to three hours and you fix it within ten minutes. That's okay. That's yeah,
1: it. you know, I found out recently from uh, another guy. I went. There's a guy that works for you, chief. That uh, turned out went to high school with another guy works for the Loveland Sims Fire Department. I saw him at a football game, uh, and uh, he works for Loveland Sims. And I was telling him I flew the drone over. We had a big fire there in 2017 Memorial Day weekend in Loveland, where a block kind of caught on fire. And I'd ask the chief that morning, hey, do you mind if I take some pictures of the drone? I just thought it would be kind of cool to have. And I, I said, I'll give you the footage. Never heard anything from him again about it. He goes, oh, no, we use that all the time in training now. We use it in our investigation everything. Said, really? He never said a word to me about it, <laughs> which is fine. I mean, I don't need the credit. But I, it was like, oh, I, I kind of thought well, I sent it to him. And he just like, oh, that's whatever. That's cool. But uh, yeah, he said that they. I, I didn't get into how they're using it and all that, but it was. I just did some circular shots of the of the scene and that, and kind of did it real slow and, and took some photos, still photos of it. And he said, no, they they've used it in our training, explained some things. And that's a
2: great example of anywhere you can hang a camera up in a sky, somebody'll find it useful. You know, if you hang yeah. a camera up over a, any kind of scene, somebody's going to find some value to that. So mm-hmm. uh, whether it's in the investigation, like the chief said, or if it's just training, like, hey, this is where the fire started and it spread to this area. Um, a lot of use in our area too, you know, yeah, so. he,
1: he did say one thing to me though, too. Uh, when I did that, he said, could you wait until the arson investigator leaves? And, uh, I asked him, Oh, really? Why?" he goes, we just don't want to tip off anybody where we might be looking. Right. Which is interesting for anybody who might sense. be listening to this. Who's not in public safety, you not know, you know, if you, if you're not trying to interfere with an investigation, if you don't care, I, that's your business. And you, let the chips fall where they may, I guess if you get in, screw something up or like that, but I was like, Oh yeah, I can respect that. And you know, he, he left like 15, 20 minutes later, or whatever, after he took his notes, But he said, yeah, we don't want to tip off people. If you put this out on Facebook, we don't want people to know where we're looking when we think the fire started.
4: Yeah, and again, when we're working with the arson teams, again, that that information is all classified again. That's going to the arson team for Hamilton County or what have you. That's not something we would be putting out on social Social media media, or anything of that. You're
2: probably not even retaining any video. You're turning it all over to them, right? Yeah, yeah. again,
4: we're handing that information straight over and and then they're just using it after that. And again, when we uh, had our other... Uh, meeting at Mobilecom. Yeah, almost just and not to try to change the subject. I'm, no, no, no. I'm, I got the orange microphone, not the green one. So, <laughs> <laughs> but they're but, all equal. Yes, they're just, just different colors, so I know which channel you're on. That's yeah, the all. Duke representative, where yeah. he was talking about the more and oh, more yeah. we get those drones up in the air, somebody will find a use for it. You just yeah. from right. from uh, school projects to. Um, family days or whatever we're using them for to get that aerial view. Somebody's in the crowd, they're seeing it and say, I can use that information.
1: Yeah, and I think if the public starts to learn more about what actually is uh, the positive sides of this, that this is actually making your highway open faster, not to to belittle somebody may have lost a loved one in a a tragic car accident or whatever, but it's not about keeping it closed in memoriam. (laughs) I think it's to get the traffic moving again. Um, people will be happy to know that it's keeping firefighters and law enforcement safe. It's making, uh, people find out the cause of fires sooner, that kind of stuff. It's, there's a lot of public good here, even though there might be some concern about privacy, that sort of thing.
3: Yeah. Uh, One of the things we were talking about earlier, uh, uh, lieutenant and I were um, uh, you guys had a large event every year at uh, one of the big parks and you were talking about some of the various different uses uh, of that do you want to talk about that a little bit here I mean you were talking about traffic and you're talking about safety and you're talking about a lot of different areas that it was used for this one event and like you're saying eyes in the sky there's so many different ways that, that it can be used and I can imagine one drone kind of still being used for both right and maybe you're maybe you're doing some traffic pattern studying to start Mm -hmm. off with, but maybe you get an emergency call, come in and say, Hey, there's this, you know, person acting erratically that, well, you can switch roles and get eyes on that. And
2: right. So we have a large event. Uh, we have several large events, but our biggest every year is our July 4th, which is red, white, and blue ash on July 4th Went there this year. This is great. Yeah, that's event. right. Yeah, so yeah, really, j- Joe went yeah, this year. So uh, we get really neat. at the peak of the event, which is right before the fireworks start at 10 o'clock, we have about 100,000 people or more there on the grounds, so or wow. the immediate surrounding area. So it's pretty crowded. A lot of officers on site there. Uh, we have a drone up for overwatch. As long as we can keep it in the area, you know, we can pretty much sustain continuous operations with – you know, multiple batteries and chargers and things we'll put that up put that up in the air and then feed that information back to the command post so that's a very useful tool for that like you said at the end of the night we can study traffic as it's exiting and see where the the bottleneck is and we've got officers detailed to most intersections but we can look at those and say We got a problem at this intersection right here can you uh, speed it up trying to let some more traffic through or try to get these folks home in a reasonable amount of time yeah and
3: maybe the information that you collect there the video you collect helps you plan for next year so that you can rearrange how your traffic is set up and rearrange your traffic patterns to make it a more enjoyable event for for the community
2: yeah and we share that with our uh, our partners in the event which are other city departments specifically recreation they'll look at that and make some changes for next year we look at the the setups before the event starts for where everything's at, and they can tweak that for the following years, like you said, to make it more enjoyable and more safer for folks yeah. that are coming to that event. So,
1: so. Um, so we talk about software. Is there any other software that you're using that we haven't mentioned yet? Or there? You, so you were talk about uh, software for situational awareness of uh, other aircraft in the area and permissions from uh, the FAA. We talk about the uh, the lands, the uh, low altitude authorization notification,
2: <laughs> something C. I, oh, I forget what the C was. So we use before you fly. If we're going to do a real quick flight, we have the urgency to get it up in the air. We don't want to go through the whole flight planning process. We'll use before you fly because it tells us if we're VFR and if there's any flight restrictions. So it's an easy, you're good to go or you're not good to go. And then we can investigate further if we have to. Uh, we use um, there's an aviation app, aviation weather app. We always capability that so capability. capability that's capability. it. Yeah. So uh, we use yeah. that, and uh, we use internet. Sky Vector for charting and things like that. to Look for TFRs, so temporary temporary flight restrictions. Yes, which
1: is a you know can be an issue, especially oh, sure. in a a big hotbed uh, uh, swing state like Ohio. There's uh, that's a lot gonna of be, next VIPs be, coming to town. Next year it's
2: going to be busy. I think. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah exactly. Sure.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, and in terms of, I mean, I imagine that that all you got all your uh, people who are flying in, in, say, Woodlawn or in Blue Ash, you guys know your airspace and uh, pretty well because it's a fairly confined area. But when you're doing mutual aid in other areas and Absolutely. stuff, is is probably where it becomes more more important as well.
4: Exactly, and and just with us trying out this drone sense vetting drone sense, that was one of the benefits for that. We can actually see the airspace. They they can tell us if it's restricted, whatever the case may be, and then we can do all of our land uh certifications Inside right of, there yeah. on the on that software. So that's one of the benefits. I'm not saying that's what we're going with. What software was that? Uh, that was drone sense. And and so sense do we should
1: we explain what Lance is or do you think people know what that is? Who, who that's listening? probably another topic for another yes. show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean but basically it's just quick authorization to make right. sure you're legal right. to fly where you're able to go
4: and Yeah absolutely and, and just to piggyback on the um the blue ash, red, white and blue ash days, we went down for the fireworks on the river. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Some of the officers from Blue Ash came down with us and uh, we did that where we could actually see, again, a quarter of a million people and two, three miles away where the command post was, they could actually see every EMS detail that was going on. So
1: are you streaming it back to them?
4: Yes, we're streaming it back to them. It's going to the cloud, then they're pulling it down from the cloud. Okay. so. But again, this could be another conversation to the connectivity is another issue. Yeah, when you get a quarter of a million people
3: in a small area. Oh, boy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so so we're working on yeah.
4: building something with, with one of our local uh, uh, cell phone providers. So yeah, yeah. hopefully yeah. they can fix that problem. And UC's working on some stuff, too. But, again, that's yeah, a whole right. other yeah. subject in itself. So. Those are some
1: guys we've got to get on here, too, as well. There's yes. the Brian and those guys down at the University of Cincinnati Aerospace Engineering mm-hmm. folks as well, too. Well, we can keep, I know Steve's got to get running here pretty soon. So uh, why don't we just uh, have this a little bit of a short uh, second episode here got plenty to talk about here i'll make sure i have some notes next time so that we're, so i know what i'm talking about a little bit
2: Everyone's i think you know what you're talking about oh it well, went well well i think this is
3: a i think this is a great launching point we've covered a, kind of a, a smorgasbord of different topics and so i think that that we'll be able to use this to, to launch into more specific topics for future ones yeah definitely Absolutely.
1: so thanks again i appreciate we're here at the woodlawn fire department in springfield ohio just north of cincinnati so thanks again to chief amos johnson for letting us use uh, the bay here to record in here Tune to Steve Schuler from the Police Department. I'm sorry. I Thanks, I got that wrong you. in the last episode there, too. Yes, thank you very much. And, David Glenn, thank you for being here, too. I'm Joe Wessels with MobileCom. Thanks for listening to the Public Safety Drone Podcast. Be sure to uh, subscribe to the podcast everywhere you can find podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. Have a great day.
0: You've been listening to the Public Safety Drone Podcast. If you're interested in being a guest or know someone who could be, please contact the Public Safety Drone Podcast producer at UAS at MobileCom.com. That's uas at M-O-B-I-L-C-O-M-M.com or call 877-447-8433. Also, feel free to leave us a comment or feedback using the same methods. Special thanks to our music contributors mentioned during the show. All music used with permission, please rate us on and subscribe to our show on iTunes. Your rating and reviews do help others find the show. If iTunes isn't your thing, you can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, a tin can, and a string just about anywhere else you can or can't find podcasts. We'll see you next time on the Public Safety Drone Podcast, sponsored by MobileCom. Visit mobilecom.com forward slash UAS for more information on drone training happening in your area or for all your drone product needs. Or call 877 447 Thank you for listening and fly safe.